Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, I'm Michael Karras. You may know me as the Bitcoin Rabbi. And I'm Gary Leland, and you're listening to episode 133 of the Crypto Cousins Podcast. Feed your interest in Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies by joining Hall of Fame podcaster Gary Leland on the Crypto Cousins podcast. And remember, we are all cousins in the world of crypto. This week's price of Bitcoin. $6,924. That's down $408 or 5.6% over the past seven days. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Welcome to the show, Michael. Welcome to the show. We've talked a lot on Twitter, but this is a first time we've met, right? Yeah, thanks for having me on, Gary. Uh, it's nice to always love meeting Bitcoiners. And nowadays, this is about as close to getting meeting new Bitcoiners as anybody can get. Yes, this could become the standard of meeting anybody for a while new, right? Where do you live at, Michael? I'm in upstate New York. Okay, so y'all are locked down for sure. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's not like you know, we still can go to uh, the grocery stores, to Walmart. Um, but yeah, I mean, my my wife and kids haven't left the house in almost four or five weeks now. I go out to do the essential shopping, but we're pretty much home. We work from home and just go out for, for the basics. Well, down here in Texas, we're pretty much locked down too the same way. My wife has been out every weekend. We go to the park, you know, for mm-hmm. a walk with our dogs and we find a picnic table somewhere not close to anybody and play a game of cards. And that's the only time she's been out for three weeks. I come up to the studio every day because I have a one-man studio. So I don't see anybody. So I, I kind of feel like I'm, I'm locked down. But I do get out at least, which she doesn't do. So, yeah. So things are a little bit different nowadays than they, they were for us just four months ago, three months ago. How are the kids taking it? Yeah, you know, they uh, have a big – I've got five kids, one to one to eight. And they – are having a good time. So I'm a uh, teacher. So I teach um, elementary school and I've been having to deal with uh, teaching my classes doing on our school has gone uh, totally, you know, online. So I teach a few classes a week online to my students, which are older than my own children. And then I have to get my kids onto their classes. It's not like they have eight hours a day of classes, but each kid basically has about 30 or 45 minutes a day of class with a teacher to review some stuff. And uh, so I've been doing between my teaching, um, teaching, getting the kids to do their classes, and then me teaching my kids also, we keep really busy. Um, It's also been the holiday of Passover this whole past week. So that is very active, a lot going on, a lot of cooking, a lot of, you know, holiday activity stuff. So we've been busy. And, uh, you know, thank God some of my friends live in the city. And they are cooped up there. Uh, You know, if you don't have a backyard, if you don't have, you know, your own spot that you can get around. So we've got enough devices to keep us busy inside and then fresh, fresh air outside, you know, trampoline, that kind of stuff. So we've been holding up. My wife and I were talking about that last night, as a matter of fact, that if you live in New York City, I guess, you know, Mm -hmm. in I don't know what here it'd be called the Dallas Fort Worth Metro. 
you know, area. Mm-hmm. But if you're in that yeah, area, say, New York City is is it's awful for the people who are on you know the the tenth floor and they're just uh, they're hyperventilating. Yeah, and there's so much population in such a condensed area that mm-hmm. I mean, you literally everybody can't go outside in their yard. Or if yeah. they all came out the building at one time, it would be you couldn't be six feet apart. Yeah, well, there that's also why the city is getting hit really hard. I mean, I I lived in Brooklyn for a, a number of years. Um, as did my wife. That's where we met, and when we were first married, lived there. And a lot of I have a lot of friends there. I visit there a lot, and that community is getting hit very hard with the virus. So uh, it's it is because it's such a dense population just everywhere. Uh, you know, the they've got to have special regulations for the grocery stores and things now, and all kind even the essential stuff. Um, so we don't upstate is a little more. We've got a little bit more breathing room. Yeah, I've I've never been anywhere but New York City and New York. But I hear that if you go upstate, it's just like anywhere else in the country. It's not all crowded and it's just the country's high. Yeah, yeah, really is. Yeah, I've never been upstate. Do you think this will change? My wife and I were talking. Do you think this will change some people's thoughts on staying in a big city after this is over? And they may say, you know what? I enjoyed living in New York City, but, you know, I can get a job and live somewhere else. And in case this happens again, I'm not stuck on the 10th floor, like you said, for a month especially if jobs are opening up more to the idea of, you know, work at home of, uh, by teleworking. Uh, that's one of the reasons why we are able to live upstate besides for the, um, rabbinic work that I do in my community and, um, teaching, uh, you know, in my community, both my wife and I, uh, do, uh, like graphic design and, uh, web design. And so we do that. We work for anyone, anywhere, you know, around oh, the world. So I didn't know you that's why that. we're able to. Yeah, that's that's you know, my, that's my day job so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh I teach in the mornings being a, a rabbi in my community is like being an educator that's my hobby so to speak. That's my passion. You know, I'm a trained rabbi, but my wife went to school for business and she's been doing graphic design for 10 years and I just developed, you know, basic uh web skills, so I've been working with her on that for about 10 years. I, I didn't know, but there's a lot I didn't know that I'm probably going to find out. <laughs> you know, uh, it's kind of funny. I just really enjoy working on the web, and I guess I could do that anywhere. I just usually, and uh, I never, I'm not very good at going and getting business. So I guess I just keep making websites for myself because I enjoy working mm-hmm. on the web and I can't seem to get any business. I guess I'm not a very good salesman. So really, your business hasn't been affected, but um, then you agree well, with me. Somewhat. It has been somewhat because we do a lot of work for, I mean, everything's interconnected with, you know, when a lot of the work that we do is for um, Jewish programming, Jewish like events or conferences or things like that, those things aren't happening. And so some of it, so, I mean, it hasn't, you know, it's not like we're shut down, but it's definitely affected, you know, maybe less than some others. Well, now you wrote the book, Writing Bitcoin Money. You wrote that book. It's a children's book. Yes, And I've got some of those. I bought some of those to sell on our online store from you. And I've read it to my kids and uh, they enjoyed it. It was set up in a format that was really easy for kids to enjoy. If you're not familiar with this book, you need to check it out. And we'll give the links in a few minutes here and they'll be in the show notes. But was that something that you just naturally went to? Because number one, you do teach elementary school. And you also are a graphic designer. I mean, you know, your wife is. And uh, was that much easier for you than it would be some people? 
you think? Uh, yeah, um, because my wife has designed books before for herself. She actually got into the business by, uh, she started a, a magazine um, that she ran for about nine years. She put out, you know, maybe 60 or so uh, issues of it. So she's been, you know, she's designed magazines and, and books um, for, for a decade. And so I knew that if I needed a book to be done, we, we worked on it together. Really, uh, she's, she's not the illustrator, but she was the uh, design director of design for the book. So she picked out the illustrator. Uh, what I wrote was basically like a blog, what, what would have been like a blog post that would have gotten a few a thumbs up on Medium, but she's the one who really transformed it into a book. And I knew that we had the, those abilities, you know, the, the ability to edit a book, design a book, get it to print, um, you know, working with Amazon and uh, making a website and uh, publicizing and all of that. We, we had those skills uh, between the two of us from our previous work so that we were able to get this out. And we did it very quickly. I wrote the book essentially in one day, basically in one sitting. It's not a long book. It's, it's a thousand yeah. words. And then uh, I wanted, it was actually exact, it was just over a year ago. And we were coming close to the holiday of Passover where we kind of like take a break we're pretty busy with uh, those holidays. And I said, Alyssa, I need to get this thing done and out so that it can get rolling or else I don't want to get stalled. So I think we start to finish, got it to print in three or four weeks, literally from the moment it, the idea came into place. So we worked and, and got it out. Uh, and it was a really fun process. I, I hadn't been involved so much in the graphic design. I'd been more on the web side of our business, web and video. Uh, so it was fun to be on that on her side of things. Wayne, I know how you did uh, the ebook, I guess, through Amazon. Did you do the paperback through CreateSpace? So there's- Which another... I think they changed the name of it now on Amazon. Yeah, so we, we've used CreateSpace a number of times, but we decided to go with Ingram. Ingram Spark is an alternative to CreateSpace. It works- I'm not familiar with that. I've, I've done it's, like 18 it's really, with CreateSpace, but I've never heard of this it's, one. It's- um, basically the same thing. I think that it's more, it's cheaper for actually printing the book. It connects to Amazon. It can connect right. it to an ebook. I don't Create remember space seems exactly. Like, Create space seems to like rip you off when you order copies of shipping. That's yes. Yeah, so that's I mean, why you go, this oh, the more, book is a great price. And we bring in 24 and you look at the shipping and go, oh my gosh, my book yeah. cost just went up 35%. Yeah. <laughs> so this was more focused on actually buying the book at wholesale and, and distributing it in other places. So uh, I, I didn't actually do all the research of comparing the two and I don't remember exactly. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. Why. I wouldn't mean, but they're pretty similar. That. Yeah, they're pretty similar. You could probably Google, you know, create space versus Ingram spark. There might be others, but they all kind of do basically the same thing. You know what I really liked about your site on your book, um, which I haven't seen a lot and maybe people are doing it and I'm just not aware of it. And I probably need to do it with my books. I don't know why I haven't thought of it is the fact that you had a price to buy a copy, but you also broke it down where you could buy maybe 12 copies at one wholesale price or 24 copies at another wholesale price. I thought that was really smart. And I haven't yeah. seen a lot of people doing that. And I guess I'm kind of surprised that I just realized how smart it was and that I haven't done it on my books. Um, I don't know if it works for all the for every kind of book. Um, it definitely worked well for my book, and people did order in those kind of uh, bulk rates because it's it's almost my book is almost more like a pamphlet, you might say, 
the thing is a Bitcoiners, you know, being Bitcoiners like to evangelize. That's right. what we like to do. We like to tell other people. And so uh, that's why, you know, uh, certain books you want to give out and you want to share with other people and hand them out or whatever, that kind of thing. Um, I had one, uh, I, I was at a conference last year. I was at the Magical Crypto Conference and uh, selling my book. I, I got a booth there to sell books. And there was a um, investment manager uh, and he said, I'm trying to get my firm to start getting into crypto and they're just not wrapping their heads around it. I'm going to buy, I think he bought 25 or 30 copies. He said, I'm handing this to every single one of our investors because I have to explain them why our firm is getting into Bitcoin and they don't get it. Things like that are reasons why people would want to buy multiple copies. And that, that makes a lot of sense too. So I'm glad to hear the book's been good for you because it's been a year. Just let me ask, did it do better than you expected? Yeah, it really did. I was very excited, you know, when we passed a thousand books. That was, you know, I kind of felt like that was my original goal. And we passed that uh, many times fold, a few times at least. That was really wonderful. I was also really, really excited when uh, I just kind of like half as a joke ask people if they wanted to donate books, like just pay the cost and I would ship them out to uh, Congress people. And oh, I remember, I I I remember get, that. I thought I'd get like 20, 30, something like that. Like that was an optimistic. And some people really like love the idea. And we ended up selling, sending almost to th over 300 sent oh. to every single U.S. Senator and about half of the U.S. Congress. Wow. Uh, you know, I just went through the list. Uh, at first, I did like the financial something committee, and then I just like started going through alphabetically. And so that was a real treat uh, of getting to uh, do that. I mean, the, what I've loved about the book is it's given me the opportunity. You know, I've been following Bitcoin now for close to three years now. Yeah, time flies. You know, I didn't really have that much to add to the conversation or that much to get connected with that many Bitcoiners because, you know, I'm not in the city. I'm not, you know, physically mm -hmm. close to people that I was able to go to meetups and things. So right. first I'm, you know, I'm the Bitcoin rabbi and I've got things to say and connect and talk about Judaism and uh, in Bitcoin that way. But really uh, with this book, I was able to connect and meet and go places that I wasn't able to do before. And I'm really thankful that I've had that opportunity as well. It opened a lot of doors for you. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's this Bitcoin is not my business. It's not my, you know, it's not how what makes me uh, like I'm not in this industry. Like, that's not how I make my right. money. But I like meeting people and I like, you know, I just like the, the social aspect of it. You like and, talking about Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, I like yeah. finding people. I mean, there's only so much I can talk to my wife about Bitcoin every yeah. day. So yeah. I've got to find other people who, uh, you know. Who, I think who, that's why people like BitBlock Boom so much is because. You know, they're all of a sudden they're around hundreds of people that that's all they want to talk about is Bitcoin. They don't want to talk about all this other stuff. They're just talking about Bitcoin. And so that's the impression I get from people when they leave on Sunday is, oh, my gosh, I have never talked to so many people about Bitcoin and people didn't think I was nuts or crazy. And there were so many people that I could talk to about. And no one said, no, was trying to sell me some altcoin or ICO or something, you know, so and, and, and while I am saying that I am going to. Uh, that was my segue. You like how I went into that? <laughs> that was my segue for, if you're not familiar with BitBlock Boom, that's a Bitcoin conference I do in Dallas, Texas. 
This is our third year in August. If heaven helps us and we can have it, I'm hoping it's far enough away that we will. But we're going to have a, a BitBlock Boom for our third year in August. Go to bitblockboom.com, check it out, and look at our lineup. And if you decide to come, whether you decide now or whether you decide in July, uh, remember the code word COUSINS, C-O-U-S-I-N-S, and that'll give you 30% off the price. So check it out, bitblockboom.com. Now that my commercial's over there, I really do, though. I hear that from everybody that comes, that they just had such a great time because they got to talk about Bitcoin all week. And that a lot of them are from towns where there's nobody there they know to talk to Bitcoin about, or they can only talk to their one person, you know, so many times about Bitcoin, you know, but then they enjoy it, but they want to talk to a bigger group and get more conversation going. Yeah, there are so many Bitcoiners that come into the space from so many different angles, even just when you are sitting with a couple of people, just like, for example, um, a few months ago, I was out to dinner with um, a, f- a friend of both of ours, uh, Pierre Richard, oh, I like and you. I was out to dinner uh, with him and with uh, Jeff Andrew. And you know, the, Jeff, both yeah, of them are great people. Both yeah, of them are and, speaking at BitBlock Boom. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So they're they're the kind of people that you want to talk to about Bitcoin. But like, you know, they they just have their different perspectives and they're different, you know, from their industry right. uh, and their own. Uh, you know, experience. And so each person's got something, you know, some people are, everybody sees what they are seeing in Bitcoin um, and what they like about it. And so it's, it's great to hear a lot of different voices. It is. And you can go into something like thinking, you know, a lot and then realize mm-hmm. how little, you know, you know, cause you meet so many people that know more than you do. You know, but yeah. you thought you thought going in, you knew a lot <laughs> and maybe you do, but you find out how little your lot is sometimes that, you know, how did you get into Bitcoin? What was uh, your Bitcoin moment or whatever? Well, so I've always had kind of a, I've had like a libertarian streak, I guess you could say grew up raised with that uh, to some degree on the, on the right side of the aisle. And then, uh, you know, more uh, ideologically uh, libertarian and then, uh, and and or and fiscally so uh, as well. But I, I I just never noticed it before 2017. Not in a way that I thought that it was a real thing. I actually like thought it was a joke. Thought it was like video game money or something like that. And didn't understand why people were. I just somehow was not in the. I guess I wasn't on the internet so much. I wasn't on Twitter, wasn't really like in that, uh, in the um, social media of those spaces where I would have heard about it and discussed it in a serious manner. So the first time just through in the run up of 2017, my, my older brother, uh, who is also into uh, Bitcoin and, and crypto more generally, that's when he first discovered it and found out about it, I guess, through friends. Um, he, yeah, I'd actually known about it in earlier years but didn't pay that much attention to it i think he said he mined a little bit when when like in the early years but lost it and doesn't really uh want to think about that but uh anyways he both he i doubt anyone does who's lost it nobody wants to think about that but so he rediscovered it in 2017 you know after bull run started happening introduced it to me and more than pretty much any other concept you know, in my life, it clicked immediately when I heard it explained, you know, in plain word. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It clicked. It took about a week of trying to explain it to my wife for it to click to her also and to understand it. And then we were pretty much just became on board and became, you know, a Bitcoin family. And I'm not in it just on my own. We're pretty, I can't say heavily invested because I'm a rabbi and a school teacher. So what can I be heavily invested? But I'm heavily uh, personally, you know, uh, emotionally invested. I think my wife's only in it as much as she is because I'm so heavily mentally invested if nothing else that she hears me talk about all the time and she has faith in me that i'm not gonna steer her down (laughs) the road and usually no matter how crazy an idea has been since 1983 when we got married no matter how crazy people told me i was my stuff always happened that i said would happen because i use this as a story in 86 or 96 i decided to start an e-commerce site to sell wallpaper and everybody told me i was nuts. people wouldn't buy stuff on the internet and I said, well, I think people would buy stuff. And now, now it seems common sense. But she was right. even going, everybody says you're crazy, Gary, spending all this time. So I what think else she's was selling on What else was selling on the internet at that time? Well, we were the first wallpaper store, you know, to sell uh-huh. on the internet. And uh, I, don't, I don't know what else was selling on the internet. I just started making a website because I, I can't remember. I just started getting on the internet and moving around. I'm sure I wasn't, I wasn't the first website, don't get me wrong. But I was right. right there near the beginning of e-commerce starting. I mean, we had to make our own shopping cart. You know, we couldn't buy a shopping cart. You know, wow. that's what, because I tried a year and a half earlier and I couldn't get the shopping cart figured out, you know, so. Um, yeah, I don't, I'm just thinking the first time I ever bought th- something online probably was from eBay, probably, you know, in around 2000 or so. Yeah, I remember in, when on eBay, eBay came out. I remember that's, when eBay that's, came out. that's the only thing. I don't really remember buying other things online for a long time, um, you know, but that was, that's gotta be the, the first I thing think, I remember. I think my track record with her, things like that and other things I've done, been a little bit ahead of the curve that she's a big believer. And she can pretty much explain everything now. She's watched me, I sit at home and get home, I just turn on YouTube and watch people talk about Bitcoin all night. You know, so uh-huh. she's seen that so much now that she could, <laughs> she could carry on a conversation and know what she's talking about, whether she believes in it or not, or just believes in me could be a different story, but uh, she actually could carry on a conversation now. But, you know, I was kind of the same way. I Once someone explained it to me in terms I could understand, you know, I had someone earlier try to explain it to me as internet stock. And I wasn't interested in internet stock. I'm terrible mm-hmm. at buying and selling stocks. You know, I've had a couple mm-hmm. winners, way more losers. Mm-hmm. But when someone, I heard someone, overheard someone talking about it at a conference as an internet protocol, then I, then I kind of perked up and started listening. I said, what do you mean? He said, like, you know, like emails are protocol and HTTPS. And they started going on and we spoke. We ended up speaking the entire day at the conference on the couch about Bitcoin. Yeah, See, that that's, I, wouldn't, I would say that I, I didn't even understand. I wouldn't have understood what that, what that phrase and meant, internet protocol. I don't come from really any kind of computer science background, even though I, I'm very um, tech focused, meaning I love gadgets and i love you know uh front end uh user interface and that kind of stuff like but i i'm not at all involved in 
um, you know, real computer science. I just don't have, haven't, and that's been kind of my weakness in my approach to Bitcoin, which still has a lot of work uh, to go in, in, in my uh, study of it. I've loved to, you know, that's why I like to talk to, uh, you know, people that are really knowledgeable, but I just understood it as, you know, it's, it's a money and that really once you, I once the, um, the wake up point for me in a lot of ways, uh, was understanding how that about nodes, when you understand that, you know, that you can, you run it on your computer. Nobody's telling you that the, really the, the two kind of points are that there's 21 million and there can never be more than 21 million. That's the economics part of it that I like. And that, you run it on your computer and right. nobody can change that. Nobody can tell you what you should be running or how you can, you know, ha- how the rules work. And when I put those two pieces together, uh, that's, you know, that really like made it blow up. And, and I agree on all that. I, I just think when I heard it referred to something and maybe money would have done it better. But when I heard it as internet stock, I, would go, mm-hmm. I was automatically turned off. You know, stocks right. for the on the internet. I said, oh, forget that. I mean, money probably would interest me too, but I just heard it a different way, and I I knew protocols because I was had been involved in the web for a while. I knew web internet protocols, so mm-hmm. I'm not a, a computer science or anything. But that perked my my ears, I guess, a little bit. Hey, let me ask you another question. This is a religious question, and I know okay. the answer is going to be yes, or you wouldn't be involved in it. But Bitcoin, I guess, has to be kosher. Yes, I. Are you and B in the Bitcoin? I mean, you know, so we <laughs> yeah, know the answer is yes. Mean, yeah, the the general idea is that all technology is, you know, it's all the whole world is created by God, and that means all of the inventions are. Um, so it's just a matter of how you use it. Are you using it for good or for not? I mean, there are certain things that we kind of question. So, like social media, I mean, especially now when we are, all of us are kind of. Um, you know, locked up and locked away, uh, religious people, you know, rabbis and uh, Jewish people and people of all faith are using technology now more than ever to connect with each other and to practice their religion. You know, my synagogue is closed. We've been closed for uh, about three weeks. And uh, I think nearly every single synagogue in the country is closed right now. So being online is not a replacement for the synagogue. There are lots of things that we can't do uh, when we're not together, which I'm sure all religions have that aspect. But there still is, we are spending more time online together than we ever would have before as far as learning together and saying prayers together and teaching and having children and just, you know, gathering and, and all kinds of stuff. So it's all about using a technology for a good thing. So a technology that invents, that makes digital money and invent digital scarcity is not inherently a bad thing, even if a bad person uses it, uh, you know, uh, which is the just factually is the small minority of Bitcoin use. Most people are using it for as a, either, you know, a trading tool or as a store of value or, or a means of exchange. But I mean, a lot of it is, is, is just being held in cold storage or being used on, uh, you know, exchanges to, to people trying to, you know, trade, but, uh, that doesn't really change the inherent um, potential for good of, of a tool like Bitcoin than any other tool. So, but, you know, it's funny. It seems like the side of the story that we hear more about is the bad side, even though that may be the smallest side. 
you know, about how it's used by drug lords or how people use it to ransomware or something like that. I mean, we rarely hear anything good on the news. There's a couple of reasons for that. One is the famous saying is that if it bleeds, it leads. The news is generally more focused on bad things than on good things, um, just as a fact of, of how newspapers uh, sell advertising and, and get clicks and views, which is unfortunate. So that's, you know, how people are going to be uh, doing that. But that's one of the reasons why I am a public figure in the Bitcoin space and do talk about it both to, you know, to, and share it in my community because I want to um, fight that narrative. And I want to say, like, listen, I'm a family man. I'm a, a you know, a religious person. I, I try and live what I consider both a lawful and moral life and Bitcoin is just the money that I like to have as a, whatever you want to call it, as a store value or as a hedge or, you know, that it it just feels like it's the the right kind of money for a person who is free and wants to have sovereignty over their own money and doesn't like what, how the banks and how the Federal Reserve have been controlling the money supply. And I, I think a lot of people are maybe more open to that idea now and in the past couple months than maybe they ever have been before. Maybe that will actually start a new uh, look at, at online money and Bitcoin by some people. You know, I was thinking, this may sound crazy. I don't know why I was thinking this that night, but unfortunately, a lot of people, older people, people well, my age and older are the majority of people since I'm 65. I think maybe it's 70 and older, but I'm pretty close, are the ones being affected and passing away the most you know, during this coronavirus. Um, I don't personally know anyone, uh, fortunately, but I mean, if you look at the stats, that's where they're at. Do you mm-hmm. think that is going to cause, if that rate uh, cause of death of older people keeps up, that's going to cause a faster move in the boomers' wealth being passed down to the millennials and further increase the amount of money put into Bitcoin by millennials at a faster, because we know that's going to happen. Yeah. you know, over time, so, but is that okay. increasing it? So let me, I guess I have three, three parts I want to add to that. One is I know many people, like I said, in my old community in Brooklyn, particularly in the Jewish community, I know many, many people who have died. I'm sorry. To most of them older, most of them uh, older than 70, but some younger, some in uh, a friend of mine is uh, actually uh, in his mid thirties and he is right now in the hospital very, very uh, tough, critical shape. Um, so everyone, we're we're all praying for him. I'm and, sorry to hear you know, about that. Everything. So it is affecting a lot. I know many, many people who are affected. Um, that was the first thing. But I'm hopeful that we are going to be able to uh, stop this before it has like a global. Uh, it's having a global economic effect. But to the to the rate that you're describing, that like it's going to massively. I mean, if it would take out massive part of the population then that would be true, then it would, that would be decreasing the average age of the US population if it would, but I'm hoping that it, it doesn't spread that much that whatever the treatment and all the things that we're doing um, do help it keep those numbers down. Um, And then on three, but it, it, to the basic general idea is what makes the number go up for Bitcoin is that people choose to store more wealth in Bitcoin than they previously were. That's what makes the mm-hmm. n- number go up. And the more wealth that the people who are interested in Bitcoin 
does go as those people grow older and get more money and the you know the wealth of the country is transferred to uh new people and younger people so that i i think is the direction i we we've kind of gone back and forth on this a little bit on twitter about i see the kind of our time now as the preparatory time for bitcoin and that what i call are the children are the, the you know the children the bitcoin children who are born after bitcoin was created they're really the, going to be the inheritors of the kind of fully developed bitcoin standard uh bitcoin system uh and that we are I, i'm not really like all that interested on trying to gain the wealth from the boomers and the seniors right now because i think that it's just going to be the natural progression that's going to take I don't know, a couple decades or whatever, however long right. it takes. And it will just be the, you know, my kids that are really getting the, the fully developed system. So generation B, as Corey Clipston calls him. Generation are, B. Okay. Kids that are born. I, I, you know, Bitcoin I probably have, I probably have heard him uh, say that. I, I, I met him uh, in California last year, almost a year ago. And uh, I've been uh, working with him and the, uh, and the Swan Bitcoin team. Uh, as am for, I, as am I. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, he, I think there's another official name for him, but I think that's a good name for him. Generation B born after 2010, 2009. Yeah. Two, uh, yeah. January 3rd, 2009. You're their Bitcoin babies. My niece, actually, my, my, my oldest brother's oldest, uh, daughter, she was born on that exact day. And, uh, the uh, funny oh, really? thing in her name, yeah, her, <laughs> wow. her name, uh, it, her name to, she's, her name is in Hebrew. She lives in Israel, but it translates to Goldie, like Golda. Goldie, uh, that's that's uh, wow. so born on the same day of, uh, as Bitcoin and named Gold is a pretty uh, pretty cute coincidence. That is a cute coincidence. That is a cute coincidence. Everybody's been so focused now on uh, the situation that we're in now. It's so tense. There's you can feel like the energy that there's the Bitcoin having coming up. There's all of this economic, act, uh, financial, political. Everything is just so tense, and a lot of people are going through a difficult time. I tell people online to stay focused on this. One, a few things I do are uh, I take a, a day off every week for the Sabbath. I'm offline uh, one day a week uh, at least and kind of uh, helps clear the air, clear the mind. So I tell people, you know, make sure to take a break. Give yourself uh, some some breathing room and some headspace uh, away from all of this pressure. And also to, you know, remember uh, that a lot of people are hurting and and as a Bitcoiner, you know, we're, we're not, at least I am, and I, what I see from Bitcoiners is that we're not really all in this to just get, you know, Lambos and, and Citadels, <laughs> but we really want to make the world better and to help people. So, you know, remember during this time, people really do need help. And so whatever you can do to help your friend or your neighbor or your family member. You know, we say Bitcoin fixes this, but also Bitcoiners fix this. So uh, I think Bitcoiners, uh, in whatever way they can, try and help out and and uh, be a good. I think that's one of the best ways also to to evangelize Bitcoin is to be a person that people see you as a Bitcoiner, know you're a Bitcoiner, and say, you know, that person's got the right ideas. They've got they're thoughtful. They are thinking. They are you know when, when they see that they will uh, be more intrigued in what you have to say I, for whatever thoughts you're doing. Same thing. I mean, that's how a religious person acts as well. That they are trying to live as a good example so that people say, you know, hey, maybe there's something to this, uh, to these ideas that they've got. So Bitcoiners try and be good. That, that is a great idea and a great way to uh, end the show with a comment like that. But why would, would I expect anything less from a rabbi <laughs> than a great comment like that? 
I, I think that's a great way for Bitcoiners to be. So I, I, I have to, I love that. Hey, where can people follow you, first of all, on Twitter? It's what's your Twitter? All right, I'm on Twitter six days a week at the Bitcoin Rabbi. You can find me there. I've been busy with kids and stuff, but I'm there. I'm still there. I'm I'm liking stuff, even if I'm not uh, posting a, a funny and cute memes and stuff as much as the rest of y'all. And uh, your book, what's the website for your book? I'm uh, thebitcoinrabbi.com. Uh, and my book is bitcoinmoneybook.com. Uh, okay. which really just forwards you to to my website too, that you gotcha. can get the book there. It's also on Amazon. A lot of people have been getting from Amazon. And the book, you know, it's been out for a year. A lot of people have got in it, but, uh, you know, it's a year old book. And so we actually have the audio book is for free. Well, it's on my website. It's on my my Twitter. Anybody can find it. You can listen to it. It's it's, it's uh, not just audio book. It's animated. So, like, you can sit your kid down 15 minutes and or you can send it to somebody like that. It's free. I just put it out there. And, uh, you know, I figured people could use that. You know, why not? Well, I think that's a great idea. That's a great idea. Yeah. Spread it around. Get the word out there. Well, I want to make sure you know one thing's for sure. You are now officially a crypto cousin. (laughs) So you're a cousin, a cousin, you know. Uh, Hey, I appreciate you coming on the show. I really do. I know I gave you, this was kind of short notice. And you, uh, you know, that's the way I operate. Everything on me is short notice. But you came in and like a pro and handled it. This was very interesting. And I told you this already, but I want to, if BitBlock Boom, if we have it, I want to try to help you get there. I want to make you, I know you have a problem on Saturdays because that's uh, your day off. I want to get you there at least on Thursday and Friday, you know, if nothing else there. So we'll talk about that when it gets closer and looking like it's going to happen. All right. We'll definitely talk about it. Yeah. I want to see if I can make that work for you. So thanks again for coming on the show. I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Adios, everybody. I hope you've enjoyed today's show, and I want to give a big thank you to all my cousins out there for listening and subscribing. If you haven't subscribed yet, just go to CryptoCousins.com, and you'll see the links for all the places you can subscribe. You may want to take a second and leave a great review or a four-star rating even while you're at it. I also recommend you go to CryptoPodcaster.com and see all my other podcasts and websites for the world of Bitcoin. There's a lot of them to look at. Thanks for listening to the Crypto Cousins podcast. Please share the show with your friends. They can subscribe by going to CryptoCousins.com slash subscribe. And if you want to know more about Gary, just go to GaryLeland.com. Make sure and join Gary and all the Crypto Cousins every week for a new episode of the Crypto Cousins podcast. The Crypto Cousins podcast and the information included in the podcast are not intended as investment advice. Investing in any cryptocurrency is risky, and you should never invest more than you can afford to lose. Always seek professional advice before investing in any cryptocurrency. Please understand, you are using any and all information from the Crypto Cousins at your own risk. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.